go rebuild my church, which as you can see, is falling into ruins. These are the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi from an image of Christ on the crucifix at San Damiano in 1205 AD. These same words inspired Peter Doan, the host of the program you're about to hear. Peter challenges all of us to rebuild, not the brick and mortars of our church buildings, but our personal faith and relationships that will rebuild and strengthen the church. Now here's today's program. Welcome to our radio program called Go Rebuild My Church. My name is Peter Doan, and along with my wife Leslie, we're very excited to be with you today as we explore ways to put into practice the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi by our Lord Jesus, Go Rebuild My Church, and how this theme is relevant to the church today. Leslie and I have recently launched a lay apostolate called Encounter Jesus Discipleship Ministries. You can learn more about us and our passion for renewal in the Catholic Church by visiting our website at www.catholicdiscipleshipministries.org. Our passion for renewal was ignited when we came home to the Catholic Church 12 years ago, and that's when we heard the call to rebuild and joined efforts with many other renewal movements within the church. And hopefully, through the ministry of this radio program, we can provide pathways for you as individuals as well as parishes to join the rebuilding process and experience renewal. Now, if you're joining us for the first time, we've initiated a series that we believe is critical to rebuilding and renewing the American Catholic Church. Our series is The Call to Return to Biblical Christianity. And we've been on an exciting journey, Peter, into the Acts of the Apostles, and you've been helping us discover the characteristics that made the early Christians such a powerful force. It's a wonderful part of Scripture, Leslie, for sure. And I've been really enjoying um, going through the Acts with you. This call to return to biblical Christianity is challenging me. I know hopefully it's challenging our listeners as well to consider these characteristics and how we can start to live them first in our own lives, mm -hmm. incorporate them into our family, at the parish level, and yes, even at the national church level. That sounds pretty impossible, but we know God is at work. Yes, he is. In our last program, we discovered in Acts chapters 6 and 7 the amazing account of St. Stephen, and we saw that uh, the Holy Spirit through St. Luke dedicated two full chapters to St. Stephen's witness, yes. which is pretty amazing. Yes. Mm -hmm. We concluded in our discussion that Stephen has been presented to us as a model disciple of Jesus Christ. Yes. So in him, Peter, we can see all the characteristics of a model disciple. Yes, and we can aspire to some of his characteristics, Leslie, that we're going to talk about. So truly, Stephen should become for us a pivotal figure as we seek to learn what biblical Christianity looks like. And last week, Peter, you highlighted six characteristics of St. Stephen that we can specifically start to apply in our own walk of faith today. Mm -hmm. And very quickly, those are Stephen demonstrated a servant's heart. He was full of the Holy Spirit. We learned that he was deep in Scripture, had an uncompromising faith, practiced forgiveness, and experienced a happy death. Yes, Leslie. So St. Stephen, as you mentioned, becomes an important figure for us in our call to go and rebuild the Lord's church, right? Uh, St. Luke deliberately, as you mentioned, portrays the events of Stephen's life that recall the, li the life, the ministry, trial, and death 
of Jesus. He modeled that in his life as well. We see in Stephen that it's possible to imitate the Lord in every aspect of the Lord's earthly life. So Leslie, let's discuss some of those characteristics uh, because I think reviewing them will be very helpful to all of us. First of all... I think that would be good. Yeah. So first of all, Stephen demonstrated a servant's heart. Right when we're introduced to him in the scripture, Stephen volunteers to serve. Remember Jesus said, whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be a slave for all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And I think this is a pretty easy one, not easy in the sense of easy to do, but this Mm -hmm. one's pretty relevant to all of us because there's so many opportunities Mm -hmm. to serve within our own families, our parishes. And I think as we enter into the the new year, it's going to be a good time for us as a couple to consider how we might make a new commitment to serve just like Stephen did. Yes, exactly. Secondly, Leslie, it says that Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. I love that phrase. Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit and power, the scripture said. He did great signs and wonders among the people. And what we pointed out is that Stephen was intentional and he prayed for people. And we have recently had the privilege of partnering with Encounter Ministries. Uh, Tom Ponchak was even a guest on our radio program. Mm -hmm. They're really working hard to equip Catholics with a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit and training them how to pray for people. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's just so many needs out there, Peter. We're constantly called upon to pray for people who need God's healing power. Right. There's been a lot of that going on lately. Thirdly... um, Stephen was what we said deep in scripture, Leslie. He gives a speech to the council and demonstrates a knowledge of salvation history that is literally jaw-dropping. Just like Jesus, Stephen knew the scripture and used it to interpret all of life. And we said as Catholic Christians, we must too become deep in scripture every day. And a great place to start, we mentioned this last time, was The Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmidt. Mm-hmm. His podcast was actually the top-rated podcast for a period of time last year. Over 500,000 people were downloading that right. podcast. Um, it is inspired, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, by the Great Adventure Bible Timeline. This was developed by renowned Bible scholar Jeff Cavins, and it's it will truly equip you to better understand and articulate salvation history, just like Stephen. Amen to that. So the fourth area that Stephen modeled was an uncompromising faith, Leslie. Stephen did not tolerate, like Jesus, hypocrisy and hard-hearted religious people. Remember, he said, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. Well, like Jesus in Matthew 23, he confronted false religion, and we have the opportunity all the time in our culture to confront false religion, especially the false religion of abortion rights. Exactly. And we need to continue to take a stand against that. Yep, exactly. The fifth thing that um, Stephen demonstrated that we mentioned was that was that of forgiveness. It's amazing, just as Jesus did, Leslie, Stephen forgave those who were stoning him. Forgiveness towards those who hurt us and even harm us is modeled for us by Stephen just before he dies. Well, it goes without saying that forgiveness is a non-negotiable. When we were preparing our program today, I was reminded of how Peter asked the Lord, how often shall a brother sin against me and I forgive him? 
as many as seven times? And Jesus responded, I do not say seven times, but 70 times seven. And there's a special meaning to that in the scripture, isn't there? Yeah, of course, seven means perfection. So Jesus was saying, basically, we need to become perfect in forgiveness, which is really unending. Right, and non-negotiable. Yeah, exactly. And then lastly, Leslie, Stephen demonstrated before he dies that just really how to die. The scripture said he was full of the Holy Spirit. And he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. He saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And here he's showing us as a disciple how to die. Number one, look to heaven, see Jesus, and be full of the Holy Spirit. Right. Happy death. And uh, we should all seek to have a happy death like Stephen. So we're going to take a short break now. And when we return, we're going to share another dimension of biblical Christianity that we've discovered in the book of Acts. And this is very important to understanding our personal journey of discipleship. So if we want to become a disciple modeled after St. Stephen, stay with us. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support. Alexa, what's the weather forecast for today? Alexa, what time is the Colts game today? Alexa, remind me to pick up the dry cleaning tomorrow. Has Alexa become a part of your daily routine? Then make sure that routine includes Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Catholic Radio Indy. Quick, easy access to Catholic programming 24-7. Just say, Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Catholic Radio Indy. Have you ever thought about joining the Catholic Church? Have you just wanted to explore the Catholic faith? All you need to do is call your local Catholic Church for more information. We are always happy to help you in your journey to discover and learn more about the Catholic faith. We have classes that are almost year-round, and the classes and information sessions do not involve making a commitment, and there is no pressure to join. Please call your local Catholic parish for more information today and start the journey of one day possibly becoming Catholic as well. God bless. Welcome back to our radio program, Go Rebuild My Church. In this series, we've been exploring the call to return to biblical Christianity and discovering the characteristics that made the early Christians such a powerful force. Peter, take us on now. What do we see when we continue our journey through the Acts of the Apostles? What happens next? So, Leslie, there's an amazing scene that follows the stoning of our Saint Stephen. And I want to read the scriptures that come immediately afterwards. The scripture says this in Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. And at that day, a great persecution arose against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea, Samaria, except for the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul laid waste the church. And entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now, those who were scattered about were preaching the word. And so this is immediately follows. And just incidentally, we're introduced to Saul of Tarsus for the first time in these scriptures, Leslie. And uh, it's, there's a phrase in there that I mentioned that I just read that said that Paul wasn't just he was laying waste the church and i looked up that greek word to lay waste and it's the greek word lameno 
and it means to ravage or to bring to ruin, and it's only found here in the New Testament. Only this one spot? This one spot, and it's used in the Greek literature of wild animals ravaging field crops, kings authorizing human cruelties, and armies devastating cities and countryside. So here it underscores the brutality of Saul's attack on the new Christian movement. The point is that Saul was not merely harassing the young church, Leslie. He wanted to stamp it out of existence, both its faith and its followers. And years later, when we read about Paul in his epistles, he was haunted by these violent memories, and he declared himself unfit to be called an apostle and even the foremost of sinners based on what was going on right now. Well, obviously, this leads us into our topic for today, and that is if we're to live out our biblical Christianity, modeling it the way it was by St. Stephen, we're going to face persecution. That's right. And this can be an uncomfortable and unnerving prospect as we head down this road. So first of all, Peter, a lot of us aren't really familiar with uh, persecution. How does sacred scripture address this reality and prepare us for this? Right. So... Leslie, the scriptures do place uh, in us a start here, and the scriptures have much to say about persecution. In fact, persecution is promised for Christian disciples. And let's start out by the words of our master, Jesus, what he said in John 15, 18 through 20. And this is not an easy subject, Leslie, that we're talking about today, right? It's not at all. Yeah. Jesus said, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before you. If you are of the world, the world would, have, would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Jesus said, remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. So the followers of Jesus, Leslie, consistently were told that they would suffer persecution as well as we see persecution happening constantly when we read the New Testament. This is a small sampling in the scripture is just kind of opens up our understanding in this. In the Sermon on the Mount, first of all, Jesus said in Matthew 5, blessed are you when men revile you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. And he said, for so men persecuted the prophets before you. In Acts 14.22, Leslie, Paul and Barnabas were on what's called the first missionary journey. And after they initially preached the gospel, they came back through the places where people had received it, and they said this, that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. He said this immediately after he was stoned and left for dead in Lystra, not an isolated message for one group. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul command, commended the believers, Leslie, that they were enduring all their persecutions and inflictions. Romans 8, that famous chap, chapter that uh, many of us are aware of, Paul reminds us that persecution can never separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. There's a place in 2 Corinthians 12 where Paul is defending his discipleship, and he goes through a series of things that he did for the Lord, and most of it surrounds and is framed by persecution. And then a beautiful summary, Leslie, finally, is given by St. Paul to St. Timothy that I refer to as Paul's last will and te testament in 2 Timothy. 
at that time, uh, if you can picture it, I, I love this picture of how St. Paul ended his life. There was a prison in Rome called the Mamertine Prison. And really what it was was two dark underground dungeons, one placed above the other. And the lower chamber was accessed by putting the prisoner down through a small hole the size of a manhole. And that's where St. Paul historically is believed to be talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And in this context, Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3, I'm sorry, chapter 3, 10 through 12. He says, now you have observed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my sufferings, which befell me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, yet from them the Lord rescued me. And then Paul says this to Timothy, indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So, Peter, it looks like in the Bible, suffering and opposition were intended to be part of the normal Christian life. But as a Christian, my experience here in the West has actually not really been like that. Right. And I think some of it has to do with the Christian heritage of our Western civilization. We've Mm -hmm. obviously had democratic freedoms, freedom of religion. um, And Western Christians have largely been left alone. However we see that in this post-Christian era, uh, we see more of a culture rising up that is really taking more of an anti-Christian stance, yeah, don't we? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And of course, we have a close friend that I've worked with in Africa. You know, a lot of times we don't think of persecution, Leslie, because we live in this unique bubble, historically, if you will. But we have friends in Nigeria that have emigrated to the United States since then, but have connections where people are being persecuted daily. As a matter of fact, um, on Christmas Eve, just two weeks or just this past week, a Catholic priest, a young Catholic priest, was murdered in Nigeria on Christmas Eve. Well, we'll be talking more as Catholic Christians, how we need to prepare to suffer persecution. But we're going to take a short break now. And when we return, we'll discuss discuss some practical ways Peter's prepared for us as Catholic believers that we can also prepare for persecution. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support. Hi, I'm Patty Cochran. Are you a non-Catholic who listens to Catholic Radio? Would you like to find out more about how to join the Catholic Church? There's a program called RCIA that can introduce you to the Catholic faith, and it's available at your local parish. You don't have to make a commitment to participate in the program. Just try it out. I did, and it was one of the best steps I've ever made. Contact your local parish office for more information and start your journey home. Welcome back to our radio program, Go Rebuild My Church. Today we're continuing our series, The Call to Rebuild the Church Here in America Through the Restoration of Biblical Christianity. In our last segment, Peter laid out for us a perspective on how the early believers were taught by Jesus, the Twelve, and St. Paul that persecution would be a part of the normal Christian life. If that 
is to be so, it behooves us to know how to prepare for it, Peter. Mm -hmm. So what are some practical steps forward so we can be mentally, spiritually, emotionally prepared to suffer the gospel? Right. Thanks, Leslie. So thankfully, sacred scripture not only tells us that we will suffer persecution, but we see among the persecutions that are take place in scripture, Leslie, how best to prepare ourselves for it. And let's discuss five ways that we can prepare to be persecuted if indeed what we're reading today in scripture is true, which we know it is. The first and foremost thing, Leslie, is to make a firm commitment. This is one where we make a wholehearted commitment to Jesus Christ without reservations. This has really been something that we've been emphasizing in our radio broadcast from the beginning in terms of being able to rebuild the church. In Acts 14.22 that we alluded to earlier, we find Barnabas and Paul um, exhorting the new converts in a similar way, and he says this to them, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith. There he is exhorting them to continue in the faith, saying we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Well, and I think that's not a real popular message um, that we give someone who is a new Christian. Mm -hmm. And I believe when we commit to become a disciple of the Lord, we owe it to our new Christians to warn them that if they're going to move into the kingdom living, it's going to be through tribulation and opposition. So it's really unfair to tell them if they come to Jesus, all their problems are going to be solved. And, and that persecution doesn't necessarily mean that we're beaten the minute we receive Christ. But you had an, an example in your early history, Leslie. Well, this was very interesting because um, right after I made a firm commitment to follow Jesus and dedicated my life to him in college, I was all set up to room with a group of young ladies in the, in the coming year. And when they learned of my commitment to Jesus Christ and they saw the change in my life and I was making different choices now, they told me they didn't want to live with me anymore. Mm -hmm. So they mm -hmm. asked that I would not be their roommate and um, they made comments that my faith and my practice of my Christianity would so quote unquote cramp their style. Right. So you got a small taste of what we were talking yep, about. Right mm -hmm. out, right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. um, so the second area that we talked about, Peter, on how to prepare ourselves for persecution is to really in our hearts make a commitment to seek the approval of God, not man. And right. I think this is a really important one because oftentimes we make choices based on what people will think of us. We want to be accepted by others. Right. We want to mm -hmm. be liked. And Paul challenges us in Galatians 1.10 when he wrote, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Mm -hmm. So we need to be prepared to face potential persecution or rejection when we take a stand that may impact our social standing and acceptance by a particular group. Right. And it's interesting, Leslie, when, Paul, when Peter on the day of Pentecost exhorted the new believers, he also said to them, be saved from this perverted generation. And there's things that we as Catholics, God's calling us to stand in now. For instance, like marriage is between one man and one woman. 
Um, and that's not a popular position at all. No, it, it is not. And that's why recently the, the church has emphasized when we talk about the sacrament, we call it the sacrament of matrimony, not marriage. And also things like life begins at conception, it ends at natural death. Uh, there's no other name under heaven by which someone be can saved, things like that. So we're, we have areas where God's calling us to stand now. So thirdly, Leslie, the third focus is the f- God calls us to focus on the eternal. That helps us in this whole arena of being prepared for persecution. Uh, we, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, we call that the, where the, the all-stars from the Old Testament are listed. It said that Moses chose to serve God and to follow him Uh, rather than serve the pleasures of Egypt. And it says, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. So listen, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So focusing on the internal, realizing this invisible realm in which God has called us to live in, gives us the strength to bear persecution. Fourthly, this is simple, Leslie, but it, it gets down to our fiber. We do not give up. In addition to the need of that firm commitment that we talked about to the Lord and not seeking the approval of, of man but from God and keeping our eyes on the unseen, this is the fourth, fifth, the fourth point. If we fail, don't give up. Right, and one of the devil's cleverest tricks is to say you are a failure. Um, in Revelation, we uh, see that Satan is standing there accusing us day and night before God. So we can't listen to the Satan, Satan's accusations. We just need to pick ourselves up and do a better job the next time. That's right, exactly. And then fifth and lastly, Leslie, we need to keep our eyes on the prize. St. Paul reminded us down in that jail cell in Rome, he said this. He said, after, he says, I've run the race, I've kept the faith, Laid up for me, he said, reserved for me as a crown of righteousness from which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but to also all who have loved his appearing. I think, Leslie, this would be a great time for us to pause and pray for all of us and the journey that the Lord has for us and for, to give us the grace to bear under persecution. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill our lives with your love, with faith, with strength, with these characteristics that we see among our great predecessors, the saints, and Jesus himself. Lord, we don't know what the future is like, but if we believe the scripture, we know that persecution does come. We ask that you give us strength to be your lights Give us the courage and help us through persecution in the days, months, and years ahead to bear witness to your lovely name. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Well, thank you, audience, for joining us today as we seek to connect individuals and parishes to the rebuilding and renewal of the Catholic faith here in America. If you would like to hear any of our past programs, please take time to visit catholicradioindy.org and press the big blue button in the top left corner of the webpage and make sure to become a regular listener of Catholic Radio Indy. Goodbye, Goodbye now and keep, keep the, the faith. faith. You've been listening to Go Rebuild My Church with Peter Doan. 
Podcasts of this program are available at www.catholicradioindy.org.